0: no matter how successful you are in the corporate world, going out and doing something on your own, that your business is always a reflection of you. It's your business is you Mm. and you're selling you and you're defining what you're creating yourself. And all those things are infinitely exciting and infinitely terrifying.
1: Welcome to episode 16. And my guest today is Carrie Seschel, and she is an entrepreneurial business consultant, speaker, and best-selling author of the book Base Jump: Finding Yourself in an Unfulfilling Professional World. Before creating her business, Carrie spent the first 18 years in public accounting. Now, during this time, she mentored and consulted with hundreds of professionals and businesses, and for the last seven of those 18, she was a partner with the accounting firm Deloitte. Carrie always knew she wanted to start a business at some point, but she struggled, and her fear of leaving Deloitte was so great that she nearly broke down before finally deciding to move on. It was hard work to break away from the vision of success that she had been raised to believe. How did Carrie redefine success for herself and build a thriving entrepreneurial consulting business and write a best-selling book within two years of leaving Deloitte? She connected her knowledge and experiences to her passion to create the life that she wanted to live and align her business vision with her life vision. Now, she is driven to help others to do the same. Listen to her story and see if it resonates with you. I bet it will. In November, I spoke to the Hospitality Financial and Technology Professionals Association in Albuquerque, New Mexico. The topic of my presentation was my book, Taking the Dumb Out of Numbers. They loved it, and Lydia Frank sent me this testimonial. Peter's presentation was enjoyable and solicited good questions by the group. I mean, we all have to give presentations from time to time. Peter's ability to make a dull subject interesting is his true gift. And I would recommend him highly to bring a different perspective to annual conventions, regional meetings, or executive retreats. I would also recommend his latest book, Taking the Numb Out of Numbers, as a learning tool for financial management trainees. Excellent. Thank you, Lydia, for that testimonial. Greatly appreciate it. And Taking the Numb Out of Numbers will transform your ability to communicate technical financial information in a greater context through analogies, metaphors, and storytelling. Put another way, translate complex financial information into plain English so your audience will gain a deeper understanding. The book is available on Amazon in paperback and in Kindle, so stop what you're doing and buy it today and begin taking the numb out of numbers, or as Ryan Parker, CEO of Endicott Clay Products said, taking the ick out of the brick. So without further ado, let's get to the interview with Carrie. Welcome back everybody. I got Carrie Setchel with me today, and I'm really excited about this interview because I think you are gonna get blown away. I'm gonna let Carrie tell you about her background. But I, I think her background in essence of, of being in the big four and then what she's doing now and how she got there is really gonna resonate with a lot of you out there in my audience. So first and foremost, Carrie, thank you for taking time as an entrepreneur out of your very busy day to spend some time with me and welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Peter. It is awesome to be here. And just so everybody knows, we met, uh, we go back maybe six months. Yeah, about that. That might be about that. Uh, Carrie wandered her way into an NSA Ohio chapter meeting. And I don't think we were sitting next to each other, but somebody called me over. It was Jack Park. Called me over. He was all excited. Another CPA, another CPA.
0: (laughs) We tend to congregate together, right? Yeah,
1: exactly. And uh, we were sitting there talking to you, telling you your story. I said, oh my God, this would make such a great podcast. So give everybody like an essence of your background.
0: Sure. So I always like to start this with a little funny tidbit. When I was seven years old, my parents took me to the beautician and the lady asked me, Carrie, how do you want your hair cut? And I said, like Tom Brokaw. And that's that's really funny because I have really big curly hair now. Yes, you do. Thinking back to that is really funny. And then I begged my parents to buy me this little suit dress because I, when I was seven, I had this picture in my mind of what it was that success was. And I was absolutely convinced I was going to do something amazing with my life. And I figured my hair like the guy on TV that I saw every night talking about the news Mm -hmm. and a suit dress like the people I saw, you know, with briefcases going into buildings, looking like they were doing important things, that was gonna set me off on the right track. So (laughs) I (laughs) I tell people that because it's you know, it for a couple reasons. Number one, I always just had this this thing inside of me that said, I'm I you know, I just want to live this life and do something really awesome. Mm-hmm. And I also was, was looking around and looking for definitions of success that I could, in my life, use mm-hmm. all models and model after to, to find this awesome thing that I, I just kind of knew in my heart I had. And I, I didn't know what that was. And um, you know, I went to school. School was hard for me in some ways when I was younger. But um, I, I looked around and found that working really hard and getting things done was a way that I was able to, no matter how hard things were, what challenges I had, I was always able to to rise to the top and make things happen. And when I went to college, I wasn't really sure honestly what I was going to do. And um there weren't back then, you know, I was I was in college in the early early 90s and there was no internet. It was you know the the menu choice of 10 mm. different things doctor, lawyer, accountant, teacher, nurse, you know, engineer, those were the things that that were successful careers, quote unquote. And I chose accounting. I didn't like auditing at all. Just, <laughs> oh, I thought, gosh, this just doesn't seem like me. I, I want to be with people. I, I want to help people in their businesses. And I decided to go to law school because I just really didn't know how I could be happy in accounting. And in law school, I met this awesome, awesome friend. Um, she's a awesome attorney and loves being an attorney, but she was a CPA. And I was just telling her after about the first, first month of law school or first semester of law school, I, I, I didn't want to be a lawyer, quote-unquote mm-hmm. I did not litigation, fighting. It just, oh, it just didn't see, feel like me. I just said, I was like, Nicole, what am I going to do? I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. She said, go to a tax class with me go to the tax class. And I was at the University of Akron School of Law. They had a master's in tax joint program. She said, go check that out. I think you might actually like tax. So I went and I took a few tax classes and I had some really good professors that focused on planning and the different things, mergers and acquisitions and things you can do with clients to help their businesses. And I thought, wow, like I could do this. I could really get excited about doing this. That was the answer. So I said, okay, well, I can go to one of those big accounting firms. I know I can get a job there because I understand the cultures. I've got, I know people there. Um, I, I got this tax thing. I like it. I can feel, feel passionate about it. And I, so I know my path. So that was how it started. And uh, when I was at the end of law school, because I did finish law school and my master's in tax, I just interviewed with accounting firms and I started my career with Arthur Anderson.
1: Oh, there you go.
0: That was really an interesting character building experience.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I would say that's probably very well put, (laughs) but, but you're another one of those Anderson people that I have met that have, you know, when we say Arthur Anderson, most people have this, you know, opinion, which is not the greatest, but, that was just a few people within the firm. There are yeah. so many other people that are just awesome, like yourself, to be around and to get to know and stuff. So, please.
0: Yeah, so one of the things you know, people ask me, what was it like to go through? Because I was there until the end. And I always tell people that I'm, all of my years of business, what I saw at the end of Arthur Anderson were some of the best... Reflections of people that I can remember in all the years I did business and public accounting and with really large companies and consulting firms. When you go through something like that, you see people's true colors come out. And I have to say that I saw really good colors. And that's something that so many of the people, the partners, the people who are employed there just people looked at it like, oh, you've got to all be a bunch of crooks or something. And right. I really just saw people being really good to each other and helping each other and making decisions based on something other than power, money, making decisions based on what was right for their families, um, helping people make decisions that were right for them and not for anybody else. And that was really spectacular. It was, like I said, it was a great character building experience. I was early in my career I didn't have any capital payouts that I, loans that I (laughs) needed to repay or anything. And I ended up after that going to Deloitte. And um, that was also a fantastic move for me. And I ended up, I was at Deloitte then for 14 years.
1: So in total, how long were you in the accounting profession?
0: For 18 years.
1: Okay, for 18 years. And at Deloitte, you were a partner for how many years? Seven years. Seven years. Yeah. And what what office at Deloitte? Was it Cleveland? Was it Akron?
0: I was in the Cleveland office.
1: Cleveland office.
0: Yeah. But I Mm -hmm. traveled. I was was based in the Cleveland office, but for the, I'd say the last seven years, Mm -hmm. I was in different areas. I was in India for two years. I ran a practice that uh, was based primarily out of Chicago for several years.
1: Okay. So you were traveling a lot. You were going to a variety of different places. Yes. Indeed, indeed. But then something happened because you're not there anymore. Okay. You're out on your own. You're, you're, you're a, a true entrepreneur. Yes. What, what was this turning point that you decided, I, I've, I've, I've got to do something completely different?
0: Yeah, so I never loved doing tax returns. So <laughs> true confession
1: here. I'm laughing because I was in tax as well, and, <laughs> and, and, and the story you said about auditing—you know, they they let me do one audit and they never let me come back. And I think, you know, I did it on purpose so I wouldn't have to go back to auditing. But I never really do it like that. Yeah, so I, that's when I'm laughing here. I'm reflecting.
0: Yes, <laughs> I never really loved tax returns, and. What I did love in public accounting was working with lots of different clients, understanding lots of different business issues, understanding how tax impacted those, coaching my clients, coaching my people. I did some very different things in the firm. I was um, the chief of staff for the partner who was in charge of the real estate practice for the entire US firm Hmm. for um, both tax audit, consulting, financial advisory services for the whole thing. I got to go to India for two years. And when I was in India, I helped run the offshore practice for the US tax practice that was at that point, very small when I went over there and Mm. grew tremendously during that time. And that was a fantastic experience. So I got to do all these different things that weren't really tax,
2: mm-hmm.
0: And there were a few points in there when that, you know, the little seven-year-old girl came back and said, Carrie, is this really that awesome thing? Because I'm not sure that it really is. There's something else. You're supposed to create something yourself. And every time that came back, there was something huge that happened. And it was obvious that it wasn't time yet. There was some other really impactful experience I was meant to have Mm -hmm. in public accounting. One was the chief of staff role. Another was going to India. Each time that happened, I said, no, this isn't the time. And then the last time it happened, I had been a partner for six years. And I was leading a massive, massive outsourcing engagement I was leading a practice that I helped build from nothing. It was people would look at it and say, wow, like she's got this amazing amount of potential in the firm because of what the opportunity that I had there and what it could build into. I was looking at it saying, this is great. And I've met so many amazing people and I've coached and mentored so many. Awesome people who are so doing just so well. I've worked with so many businesses, and I need to look at really where this is going because, as a partner, you go in various directions. You you know, where what am I creating here at Deloitte? Mm -hmm. Where does that look like? And is that what I'm here to create? Mm -hmm. And I came to the conclusion that I wasn't going to find that thing. And the partner, various potential partner paths in public accounting.
1: So as you're, as you're coming to this conclusion, were you thinking about looking for another employer or did you know that you wanted to go out on your own?
0: I knew that I wanted to create a business of my own.
1: Okay, so you're going from a very stable cash flow, personal cash flow mm-hmm. with benefits and that thing called health insurance, right. which is a great big barrier to entry into entrepreneurism with risk, but not the same amount of risk that you're about to take on. Yes. How many times did you go, well, maybe I should do the, do the risk adverse thing? And, or did you just know that I got to go? I got to no, go create this
0: thing. Uh, it, it took me a while. And my husband um, is also self-employed. And at that point, I was really the sole breadwinner in the house. And it took a huge amount of turmoil for me to get to the point where I just realized I had to do this. I I got near near to a breakdown, frankly. Wow. The big challenge in when, and I this is why I tell the story about the seven year old Carrie who wanted the haircut and the suit dress, <laughs> because I had been modeling a version of success that I had seen throughout my life. Okay. And I was living this version of success that i I had been raised to believe and I needed to redefine what success Meant to me and find success Mm -hmm. in a way that meant I would have to humble myself for a while. I would have to take a pay cut for a while. I would have to create something of my own Mm -hmm. that at that point I didn't know what it was. Mm -hmm. And those were huge mental barriers to break
1: through. I think a lot of people don't really realize those barriers that one. Goes through from going from employee to entrepreneur.
0: Oh, yeah. It's in that's going from the corporate world, the employed world to entrepreneurship is no matter how successful you are in the corporate world, going out and doing something on your own, that your business is always a reflection of you. It's your business is you mm. and you're selling you and you're defining what you're creating yourself and all those things are infinitely exciting and infinitely terrifying <laughs> and humbling when I left Deloitte I did not know what I was going to do I didn't know exactly what I was going to create I had ideas and in many ways my business it it, it was there the seed was there and it's not very different when I, than what I imagined, but it's mm-hmm. far better defined. Um, and, you know, you, you go out one day, you've got this business card on LinkedIn, you're a Deloitte tax partner and the next, the next, you don't really know, you know, you're, you have that dreadful title of in transition in which everybody thinks means you got fired. You know, right. so <laughs> it, it, it feels really, really naked and raw and vulnerable. And that was terrifying. But I got to the point where I'll never forget this. I was out at a client of mine and a client that I loved, a client I had served for many, many, many years. And in all the years I've served clients, you know, I've, I've, I can tell you the spectrum of stories from the best companies to companies that really, really did not, you know, do not reflect the values that I have. And this company is just off the charts. Awesome. Executive team, great people, great values, everything. And I was sitting there with my client for very many years and I just, I couldn't get my head clear. And I'm thinking if I can't feel good here
2: Hmm.
0: with people that I really believe in, in a company that I've helped and just feel so great about being part of their team this just can't go on
2: right
0: and i stopped the meeting and i said you know i just don't feel well and i packed my things up and i drove home and i told my i i I walked in the house and i told my husband you know i just i can't do it anymore and i have to leave at the end of the fiscal year which at that point was 10 months away and I said, I can make it that long, but I, I can't do it anymore. I have to do this. I have to go and create this thing that I, I don't know what it is. And I'll never forget my husband. I, I think a lot of overachievers imagine that part of the reason people love them and care for them is because of their achievement. Yeah. And we make these, we tell ourselves these stories. Yeah. My husband said, you know, Carrie, you've been so successful doing things that you don't really love doing for so long, imagine how successful you're going to be when you're doing what's really in your heart and you're meant to do. And that was like, you know, if words could be perfect in a moment, (laughs) my husband really won the award that day.
1: (laughs) And it still continues to win that award. (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. So let's let the cat out of the bag. What, what, are you, what are you creating?
0: Yes. So I work with people who are in the corporate world or employed world
2: mm-hmm.
0: and have in their heart this deep, deep, this deep desire and deep need to create a business of their own. And I help them successfully do that.
1: And it is awesome. <laughs> I can just picture this person, and, and they're not liking their job. They want to do something else, but they might be trapped in a way. Oh. And I would, I would assume you find a lot, you have a lot of folks who, and when I use the word trapped, uh, where you are making a salary that is substantial, that 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 pay cut would be huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the benefits aspect of it. May have children, may have a mortgage, all of that rolled up into one big ball of fear or one big ball and chain, mm-hmm. and you're able to get them because when they come to you, that this is their ultimate goal is to get to that point that yes, I can go, I can create, I can do. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna teach me how you did it, and I'm gonna make it my own. That, I mean, that's gonna that's gonna be extremely terrifying for them, but then extremely exciting as well. And when you get them across that finish line, I mean, I, for, I, I, folks, you can't see this. But as soon as I said, once I get them across the finish line, Carrie just had this huge smile on her face and her eyes were sparkling. And I went, that's passion right there. Because yeah. she, she, she sees what she's creating is actually working.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. What I have in my heart is there's so many people in our world, with an impact to make. So many people with a purpose that is being unanswered and they feel it every single day and it gnaws and it gnaws and it finds itself in lots of different places in not feeling great physically, in not sleeping, in relationships suffering, in mental turmoil constantly and not only are they depriving themselves of this life that they can live but the world needs them Mm -hmm. there is some impact that they are meant to make and we need them and when i look at my background what i'm passionate about my knowledge my skills when i can combine that all to help a person, bring that out and understand. So not only bring it out and define what that is, because many times, and I went through this myself, we don't know. You feel it. It's there. And you're thinking, I don't even know what this thing is. (laughs) It is maddening. So bringing that out, defining it, and actually planning for it, knowing what you need to do and when and being able to block out the noise of all this other stuff out there because the entrepreneur world is huge right now. There is yes. no shortage of people that are going to give a a person who wants to create a business of their own advice and tell them what to do and how to market and all these different things and many of those messages are totally appropriate at the right time. But what i find is People who are starting businesses, they listen to those messages far too early and spend lots and lots and lots of time and sometimes financial resources investing in programs and this and that Mm -hmm. instead of investing in where they are right now, defining what they're doing and, and taking the proper small steps to scale in a way that builds a sustainable, thriving and scalable business. And um that's to be able to work with people to create that and to see the vision of where they can take their businesses and their impact in the short term but also five, ten, fifteen years out and what what they are going to create is amazing
1: that is and, and I, I would yeah I, I think a lot of those folks that you're describing, I'm, I'm tired of this job. Take this job and you know, put it someplace. I'm just to go out and start a business tomorrow. I've saved up money. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go do this without, as you said, going through the process of understanding what it is I'm trying to do. And, and I will. I will also say, be careful what you wish for because it actually might come true. I still remember the day I was teaching at Ohio Dominican. And I I was talking to one of my professor buddies there, and I said, "You know what? Someday I want to be on an airplane, traveling the country, uh, interacting with with CPAs and and folks of like, and and, and working with them to become better communicators. Become, you know, and and not being at the time a babysitter." And about a year later, that's exactly what happened. So I always say, "Be careful what you wish for, or if that's what you really want to wish for, wish for it. I'll make sure somebody hears you because." It will come true, but there's a lot of, and I think that's I think that's why another why you're as successful as you are, because one you've worked with a lot of businesses, yeah. One you you have an accountant lawyer type of thought process that walks people through those steps that they're not thinking about at the time that you you inherently knew that you needed to do, because even the seven year old knew inherently knew what probably she needed to do but she learned it over time what to do and, and putting them in down that right path and and you've you've i can't find it in my notes right now i'm, I'm actually looking for it, but you've created a system yes and remind me what the name of the pivot to is pi- there's a pivot word in it correct power to pivot power to pivot i knew i was partially yes, right power to yeah. power, power to pivot what does what's power to pivot
0: Power to Pivot is my system to take people through those initial steps to go from this chaotic, not knowing feeling, but just knowing. They Mm -hmm. know. They need to take action. They need to do something. But taking them through to create a vision, a concept, what they really are looking to do, something that truly honors what's bubbling up inside of them. I see so many people going out and buying like a franchise or buying mm-hmm. a shop or a business that already exists. And several years later, they're they're just as miserable and right. actually sometimes more because they never honored what it is that they are truly meant to create. So right. it's finding that, creating that big vision and then planning for it. So whittling it down to what are we going to do today? How do we... How do we take the right steps right now? How do you take those steps to get to that vision? How do you include your financials? We do financial assessments in here. What can you really do? This isn't about the Tarzan rope. This is about (laughs) creating the plan for your life's work, which means that sometimes I, I have a client that, needed to do some work in this bridge period, but her corporate job would not, that wasn't going to fit. And so she's doing some other freelance work while she builds her business. It's about doing what makes sense to reach the goal instead of constantly sitting in life in the hamster wheel of feeling like you can't get out.
1: So as you're describing this, I teach you a, 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 like a business strategy approach. Um, and what you just described is is what I... It's a, a system almost called... It's called backcasting. And what it is is to... to where, where do you see that, that vision? Where's your vision? Where, what is it? Identify that vision. What do you see? And back up to, to today. And go. What? How do you define success today? What would make you successful? What do I? What do I need to do? And then go. What am I not doing? And I think that's what you described. What am I not doing? And, and and being able to drill down and figure if if this is my vision, what am I doing today to help me get to? But what am I not doing? I need to add those pieces in in order to get to that vision at some point in time. And
0: what in exactly? And What is it that I'm constantly worrying about and I'm allowing my mental energy to be focused on or thinking about that is not a problem of today? It's not an issue for today. So when when I talk to entrepreneurs who have been in, I would say, struggling mode for a period of time, and there's lots and lots of people out there who took the leap, and just can't get their feet under them. I see a few different issues, but a couple of the biggest issues are number one, they really don't have a vision and they don't feel personally connected to what it is they're trying to build. And that purpose piece, that mission that takes you out of yourself and makes you feel responsible and accountable to the people you're serving that fuels you Mm -hmm. when it, when things are tough, it's not there. Number two, the plan is totally out of sequence. You know, they're focused on really advanced marketing techniques that could be applicable in three or four years when they have, you know, an email list of 50,000 people. Mm -hmm. But right now it doesn't matter. And you, it's, it's, saying, okay, let's be real realistic about where we are today. And I love what you just described here um, of the backtracking because it's like, okay, I want to be out here, but I'm not there. Right. And I don't have a jet pack on me to, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm here and that can be a really humbling pill to swallow, mm-hmm. but you got to swallow it because you're never going to get there. Right. Unless you, unless you just focus on right now. And and as you grow and evolve, that your vision expands and it becomes richer and you're capable of so much more. But today, what do you need to do today that you aren't doing? That mm. what do you, what do you not need to do today? That you need to dump and free yourself up to focus on what is really going to move you forward. This is all about taking action and making it happen.
1: Which Would you agree with the statement, which most people think they can, but when they actually have to do it, they're uncomfortable with selling themselves.
0: Oh, yes. It's hugely vulnerable. And one of the things that we, you know, any kind of shift from the employed world to entrepreneurship, besides the blocking and tackling of the Things that you need to do to make it happen. There's this huge inner game that goes on of believing in yourself. Right. And getting over the fact that, yeah, you are going to feel really vulnerable and naked at times, but how do you trick yourself into feeling like you have clothes on? <laughs> yeah. and being and go out there and
1: make things happen right and i think a lot of people we were just having this discussion yesterday uh at, at our nsa meeting with um, eddie turner somebody asked a question what's the difference to, between confidence and cocky because that's a very thin line those who are who can be loving themselves so much and there are those who understand themselves but but they have that Passion—that it's really they may be talking about themselves, but they're really talking about how they can. I love the word "serve." Mm. The person who they're out there, and, and that's a—that's a very fine line because self-promotion. And I've been doing this full time now for eight, yeah, eight years, going on nine. There's times that you walk away and go, "Cause I'm not—I've not, never been one of those guys. that's me, me, me. i We all have that little bit, me, me, me. but not to tend to love myself overly too much uh but when i start or when i start doing it, i felt like oh I, I'm, I'm i'm just that's not me but to the passion point and understanding what i'm trying to do it's like well no this is what i do i'm really good at what i do and and, and i can help you and there's a there's a that's a big switch it took a while for me to really hit that switch and sometimes it goes back up i come back down in, in order to, to maintain that that Ability to convince people that what I have will make a difference in their lives.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, Peter, why not think of? Let's chew on that for a minute because a lot of times goes back to motivation. If a person is truly motivated out of love and looking at another person's situation and saying, "I know." I can fix that. And I am the best person to do that. And the reason I'm driven to do that isn't just because it's going to make me look good or it's going to fill my bank account, but it's because I, I deeply care for that person. And it's my responsibility to help them. Right. That's a much different place than being motivated out of ego.
1: And motivated by money.
0: And money and ego. Oh, yeah. And that's that's where we all have to check ourselves. You know, what does, why do we, each of us make decisions? And hey, we've all got egos. And right. making a great living is fabulous. I love money. But, but <laughs> what is the deepest motivator? And if the motivator of love and compassion and empathy aren't there, you have to really examine it. And I use love a lot. And I think love in business is one of the biggest things people miss and one of the most powerful, powerful business tools. I'm going to say tool, but I feel like it's part of the business equation Mm -hmm. that we're missing. And it's hurting businesses because they're missing that part, that piece that's driven by something else. And particularly for people who are creating a business of their own. Having love be part of that equation is one of those powerful, powerful tools that overcomes vulnerability, that naked feeling. Not feeling like you can't sell yourself because when you're doing it, because you love somebody, you, you, you love others and you care so much about helping them solve their problem. It changes the game completely.
1: It it really does. And as you saying this, this was funny because this exercise we were doing yesterday asked what was our, you know, um, what do we want to get out of that session? And, And, a lot of people, it was related to. Well, how can I monetize this? How do you monetize this? How do you, and because I wrote down, and, and you know, I, I want to, you know, learn how to become a better facilitator, uh, so I can help increase one's retention. Mm-hmm. There was no money, and as we're sitting there talking, I realized that there was. I didn't write the word money down, and then there's so many yesterday had money, but that was their top reason. Which I'm probably reading way too much into that, but that now, you know, I, 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 it is, it's about love. Do you, do you love what you do? Do you love the people you serve? And that's the word. It's, it's not, it's, we're there to serve.
0: And, and also, do you love yourself? Yeah. Yeah. And that's a biggie um, for, for any entrepreneur in, in, being able to truly love yourself and believe that you're worthy of being compensated for your services. Right. I, I talk about love a lot with my clients because it's something that's so foreign in the corporate world. And yeah. It's so important in uh, as an entrepreneur.
1: Yes. You, you can't be an entrepreneur. You can take all the great stuff that you've learned in the corporate world. But... You gotta have love. You gotta understand feel. You have, really have to have really strong emotional intelligence uh-huh. on yourself and on others to be successful. And some a lot of that is missing. in a lot of corporate America, it's driven by the bottom line, It's driven by shareholders, and it's driven by you know the me me factor versus how can we help someone. And I think that's what why I gravitated so so much towards. NSA, national and from a chat driver because it's it's all about helping the other person yeah. it's, we we may be in the same business, but I'll give you all the tools and techniques that I use to become successful mm-hmm. if I can help you become successful, it just keeps expounding from that from that aspect and and right I, I share this with other organizations i, I t- and they're going really aren't you worried about competitions like that never even comes into play? There's a lot of room out there. this is a great big world, but if we can help others. Seek their best. That is part of our mission. Absolutely. So, awesome. would you? So, you worked a lot of hours when you were at Deloitte.
0: Yes, <laughs> yes I did.
1: <laughs> Are you working more hours now than you did at Deloitte?
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> well, I am really good at working a lot of hours, which is something that's a challenge for me. <laughs> so, um, I I have to and I'm so thrilled with what I'm doing mm-hmm. that I could fall into working constantly if I didn't have other things in my life that are really important to me and so important to me that I make sure that they are equally honored uh, my family my health my spirituality uh, experiences that I desire um, but I I'm sure that I work a little bit less, mm. but I have flexibility. And many times when I'm doing doing work, it doesn't seem like work because it's just my li- it's my life, it's it's my life's work. It's everything. It all sort of mushes together and it's great. I for example, I have a client right now who has um a very, very Demanding position, and we do our calls on the weekends. Doing a weekend call before would have seemed—I it, it, did lots and lots of weekend calls, and they were just—I did like just yeah. not. I mean, it was horrible. Yeah. Um, doing call about with an amazing person who's building a business and helping her move that forward—it doesn't. It's like, fine. I just, you know, coordinate it with all my other personal things. And we pick a time every weekend that works for both of us. And it's great. It's just, it doesn't seem like it's it's different. It's what I'm it is. supposed to be doing.
1: It, it, it is. It's just funny because people ask me, I, I go, I, when I went full-time, I have not worked a day since. Yeah. Ask my wife, I'm working
0: 24-7. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
1: But that's also, that's also a part of entrepreneurship that a lot of people don't realize. There is a dark side to it. And being obsessed and, and caught up with, with, with the work, you, you, lose, you can lose friends because you, you're not so much in touch with them anymore. It can wear on your health. And there's a lot of the dark sides to entrepreneurism. So anybody who gets into it really needs to understand those. I didn't quite understand them initially. Uh, then I did. And, and and I worked very hard to when I have to turn it off. I, yeah. I got to shut it down.
0: Learning be, to set your own boundaries. Yeah. And yeah. people and, hear about like the four hour work week and they see a lot of the messages you see on the internet of, you know, Oh, you're going to be doing work from the beach and, and never going to work another day. And money's just going to like fall out of your computer or something. And, that I mean, you can find a story and an example for everything, right? But when you're driven by something that's greater than just the paycheck, it's, it's a, a life's work that, and you might do work from the beach, and maybe you can have flexibility so you can be at the beach and doing work, but you know, you, you're still doing work, it just feels so much different. And it's not, it's, it feels just, it feels right.
1: I find it's the hardest thing to describe, but it's the, such a greatest feeling.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's so hard to describe. It's so hard. It's like you're looking at a picture going, oh yeah, but you know, if you would have seen this, it would have looked a lot bigger. That's kind of how I feel when people, I try to describe that, 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 that you can't, uh, but you know when you have it. Right. It's it, wonderful. And you know how it fuels you and you you just recognize it, bottle it, and keep moving forward with it. So, I I, honestly, I think I should pay you for allowing me to interview you because I got a little little therapy today. I greatly appreciate the therapy. I got to reflect back and go, hmm, maybe. But no, I I love this conversation. I I could probably talk to you for hours on it, but I don't want to mess up your long enough work day as it is before we end. How can people, people can be listening. And by the way, if you're listening to this and, and you have that that feeling, pull over if you're listening to this in your car, pull off the side of the road, stop the car, and then just step out, just scream it all out or whatever. But how can folks find you?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So there's a few ways you can find me. One is I have a free on-demand training. You can do it anytime that fits your schedule. It's called Authentic Ambition, How to Create a Post-Corporate Life You Love Full of Abundance, Creativity, and Joy. And Peter is going to provide the link. You can go to that. It's totally free. It's on demand whenever you want to take it. It's 45 minutes, so you can fit it into your day. That is a great first step. I go through my system in a bit more detail. And not only that, give you some very specific items to think about so you can start exploring right now. You know, I will
1: have, I'm sorry, go ahead. What's,
0: what is, what, what's that thing in you that is pushing you to pull over the side of the road like people <laughs> said, get out and say, okay, I'm remembering this moment because I'm being honest with myself right now. This, it's time. It is time. And I can get over the fears and they might be hard and it might take some time, but I can do it because I know, I know that I know I need to do this and it's time to take action.
1: And I will put that link uh, in the show notes as, as well. So
0: yeah. And you know, you can also um, get a hold of me. My email is super easy. It's Carrie at com. So, you're welcome to email me. You can find me on LinkedIn and Facebook. You can also check out my website, which is com. And um, yeah, I'd love to hear from you.
1: And that's Carrie with a C A R R I E. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, 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 as you said, though, I know K A R I. So, make sure everybody gets the right Carrie spelling there for Absolutely. you. Absolutely. And, and if you're so inclined, one, Go to the show notes, grab that link, download it, watch it. Actually, I think I'm going to too, but I'm also going to take it a step further. I know about three or four people I'm going to send it to.
2: That's great. Thank yeah. <laughs>
1: you. And do uh, contact her. Uh, I, I'm, I'm sure she'd be willing to just have a brief conversation, kind of find out what your goals are, what your ambitions are, and, and reach out to her and carry it. Thank you again for taking time. I, I can't. Hopefully, our paths will cross here soon. Uh, you'll you'll come down to a, a, uh, to Columbus uh, for maybe the November or January uh, NSA meeting because love to catch up some more. Contact me anytime if I can help you uh, with anything. And it, it's been a pleasure to get to know you. It's been a pleasure interviewing you and. I wish you all the best, but I don't think I have to wish that. I just know that's going to happen just based Mm -hmm. off of who you are. And congratulations on what you have built.
0: Thank you. And and you as well, Peter. Thank you. This has been awesome.
1: Thanks a lot. I want to thank Carrie for sharing with us that people can create the business they feel bubbling inside of them. And remember to watch her free training link at bit.ly slash authentic ambition all one word that's bit.ly slash authentic ambition in episode 17 my guest is stephanie feger who's the author of the recently published book color today pretty she has a wonderful message to share as we begin to move into 2019 and into busy season or as i prefer to call it opportunity season Thank you for listening and begin the process of changing your mindset and getting out of your comfort zone and develop new skills to become more future ready. Your call to action again is take one hour a week to think about what you need to do to become future ready. What new skills do you need to begin to learn so you can begin to transform your career and be future ready? Remember, being part of Future Ready is being an improviser. And being an improviser is someone who's willing to take risks in order to grow. Thank you very much for listening. And please share this episode with a friend.